Gaming and BS of Thrones being recorded April 21st, 2019. Hello, everybody. You have tuned in to Gaming and BS RPG Podcast. I am your host, Sean. And I'm Brett, and I don't watch <laughs> Game of Thrones at all. And I, I'm also strangely not even interested in watching it. I don't know why. Wow. I don't know. It's weird. Well, you know, like the military, it's not for everybody. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> kind of like the Avengers movie. A lot of people liked it. I couldn't stand it. But hey, that's just me. Couldn't stand it either. Wow. No, that's too strong. That's too strong. I hated it the first time I saw it. And as I said on Twitter, the second time I saw it, I was just annoyed by it. I have yet to not be annoyed by that movie. The which one? The last one? The last Avengers movie, yeah. The yeah. Infinity War. There was a lot of people that liked that. I, I, so for one, I am not Marvel comic guy. Like, I don't have. Well, I read the original Infinity Gauntlet when it came out in Infinity War. When I read all that. I collected yeah, those at yeah. the time. And they're close, but often they're wrongish rightish places that doesn't bother me what uh, there's enough of the infinity war one i can sum that movie up with i will destroy half the universe i will murder half the universe as long as i can keep my boyfriend slash girlfriend alive fuck everybody else that's that movie can't stand it can't stand that yeah anyway carry on let's talk about something fun let's talk about gaming (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shit. Yeah, man. Oh, Gaming, Lordy. man. Gaming. <laughs> there oh. we are. Let's see here. AwesomeDice.com. We're still doing that thing, right? We are. Who won that hasn't claimed their prize? Is that I Hammersley? I think probably it's Hammersley. Hammersley. Probably Hammersley. He's probably stopped listening to us. That's why he hasn't like gotten me his email. Well, too bad for him. I should probably just email him. Like, it's, hey, I know you, you're not listening to the show or you're behind. You should, you should totally do that. Email him. Yeah, I know. I Email should. John. And uh, we're going to be, dude, April's almost over, so you're going to have to pick a new one like yeah, next week. Yeah, next, yeah, almost next week. A week yeah. from, well, probably two weeks. Sure, but we got to do April's pretty quick. We do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, awesomedice.com, sign up to our email newsletter to be entered to win a set of dice. And uh, I bought some dice from them. I'm waiting for them to come in. Bought about five sets of dice. Nice. Yeah, I think it ran like 20 bucks. I bought mm. some like just solid colored ones. Good deal. Um, so if you do place an order with them and enter gaming BS at checkout as the promo code, any order over 10 bucks and you'll get 15% off. Good way to go. Yep. So there you go. So conventions to talk about, uh, game hole con, obviously that's coming up. Um, coming up, coming up October 31st. (laughs) It's a ways out. What I mean by that, I should say is much like Evercon is coming up too. both game hole con and Evercon, um, submissions are open. If you want to run oh. games for gaming and BS, that would be awesome. Um, when you go to GameholeCon or EverCon, put your game in there. Say, hey, what you want to do? Links in the show notes to GameholeCon.com, EverCon.org, and uh, you can find out more. ForeverCon, it's our 20th anniversary this next uh, this next year. Wow. <clears throat> so we're trying to do within uh, within our We're Not GameholeCon, we sure wish we were, um, pathetic budget. We're going to try to do something fun or try to have some fun with it. But anyway, it would be great to see. Even if you don't run games, you just show up to hang out, game, and be a cool person. Uh, Sean and I will be in attendance at both of those, so it would be great to see you folks there. So, again, it's a ways out. 
We'll, tap, we'll pimp it, push it, and all that good stuff as usual. But um, let's see here. Sean, what do you got out here? I, I just want to extend a personal thanks to, to Trevor, uh, Kev, and Graham for helping me out with the uh, leukemia lymphoma efforts that I have. Uh, just as an update, because this will be dated, but uh, so people that will listen to this in a year will be like, wow, that's great. And, and then it's like a year later, but... Um, right now I have a $7,500 goal. I'm over 5,000 and I have five more weeks of a 10 week. I'm into white week five of a 10 week campaign. So we still have time. Uh, so I got time. I'm going to hit 7,500, I think pretty easily, uh, because I haven't tapped half of my network yet. Uh, so my goal now I'm going to try to hit 10. You're just waiting. You're waiting in the weeds. See what the, see what the first wave will do. Did you Boom, step in the next network, and then you go to the big hitters in your yeah. network, right? I've, All right, I've hit family. I've hit family. I've hit personal, close <clears throat> friends. There you go. Um, a couple places that, you know, donate. Uh, Game Hole Con. Yes. Alex is donating uh, two two badges. Very nice. To a, raffle, to a raffle locally in a local silent auction. So apologize for the folks that are outside the area that would like to partake in that. But, um, but just even some support like that has been very helpful. So anyways, thanks for everybody that's, that's, you know, spread the word and all that good stuff. I keep putting updates out on Twitter and, um, yeah. People are cool. People are generous, man. They really are. I mean, and the thing is, we know, I know a lot of people listening to us and myself at times, I know Sean's been there too, where, man, I would love to help this. It's just, it's not in the cards for me. I don't have the funds to do that. That is totally legit. Sean, I've talked about this. That's fine. You know, we've said that before. Even patrons of the show is is you know mundane as that is. If you love us, but you just can't do it, that's cool, man. I'm fine. Sean's cool. Yeah. That's fine. Christian, Christian Serrano has helped. So yep, yeah, can't forget Christian. And sometimes it's a matter of you see that post, you're like, look, I can't do anything, but you forward it through your social media contacts, and maybe it helps out a little bit. And there's somebody else out there who's like, hey, I got five bucks. Hey, I got a little bit I can throw in there. So it's always cool. Spreading anyway. the spreading the word helps. Because I myself have not realized how many people have been affected by like a blood cancer disease. And so they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, yes, absolutely supporting you. You know, my parents had it or my dad or my mom or my brother or my sister. I mentioned it at work in a conference call on a conference call. I had three people on a call say, oh, yeah, I had this, this, this. So I'm like, well, what's your email? Tick, 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 tick. There you go. (laughs) Whether they do anything, whether they're not. But, you know, an eight person conference call, damn near half of them were connected to it in some way. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted just wanted to put that out there because I wanted to recognize the people that have have helped um, in some way, shape, or form. So thank you very much. Thank you. It is a a very near and dear to me personally um, effort because yeah, it's been close to the family. Anyways, on to bigger and more enlightening things. Yeah, random encounter, man. All right, uh, random encounter. <laughs> Random Encounters, a segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, and comments from social media. We have a voicemail from Matt of House Cyberlick. Oh, okay. I'll sit back and enjoy. All right. Hey, Brent and Sean. This is Matt Cyberlick, um, longtime listener and fan. Uh, I had uh, two things. One was some feedback regarding GMs uh, making good players, and the other was a quick topic idea. Uh, regarding GMs making good players, personally, I think it might be, uh, the way I look at it is, is it's less about GMs, or at least this is how it 
appeared to me when I was listening. It's also about GMs um, themselves, uh, because some players that I've um, encountered have great game mastery and also metathink like GMs. Uh, for me, it was always more about um, running into that person who, if you have it, uh, some of them use their powers for good uh, by enhancing the game for everybody, and others I've run into um, like to show how smart they are. Um, and uh, yeah, the former is uh, really great and enhances it for everybody, and the other is, um, yeah, not as much fun. So I think, uh, yeah, maybe it isn't limited. I guess my comment is it's not really limited to it being GM um, because, uh, yeah, I think that we all can do those sort of things. So uh, the second thing is my uh, show topic idea, uh, and that's hints to players. Uh, as a GM and a player, I find that uh, what's sometimes necessary is to keep things moving, um, and that's on both sides of the screen. Uh, I, I really appreciate it when I'm floundering that a GM kind of throws me a bone. Uh, and I know that some people might suggest that that's not, you know, the way they like to play, and that, that's fine. But uh, for me, it, it is definitely that. Uh, definitely that. So I, um, I'd be interested if you guys have any uh, experiences or ideas that you could share about effective ways to give a hint to a player um, so that they don't feel like... Um, you're, you know, you're, you're ruining all the fun of discovery or at least keep them from feeling like they're being handheld through the game. Um, you know, I've had hints that have been very good and have been uh, just enough to put me over the top. Uh, and it doesn't feel like uh, railroady or um, like a cheat code or anything like that. It feels like, yeah, that was a puzzle that was really hard and kind of deserved a little bit of help. Um, but at other times where you get just handed the answer, it kind of, uh, kind of let the air out. So I'm interested if you guys have any specific examples of that or uh, just any general guidance for uh, a relatively uh, young game master. So uh, thanks and uh, love the show. Keep it coming. Got to unmute myself. Thanks, Matt, for the voicemail, man. Yeah, that was a damn good topic idea as well. And points well taken on who makes good players and who not. And it's it's interesting because we we as gamers in general say, does this thing work? Or And uh, to invoke a certain uh, BSer, uh, it depends, is often, quite honestly, the answer. Because personalities uh, and approaches and all that good stuff, it, it all does matter. It does definitely matter. So anyway, thanks, man. You want to read the next one? You can read Andy's. Right, from Andy. So this is this is something. So Andy didn't really write in to us. This is funny. Uh Wait, wait. How, how did how did we get this then? So I have a I have a written I have a written thing here. Yeah. So Andy, uh, without divulging too much, a colleague of mine. We do. I work in staffing. That's what I do, ladies and gentlemen, for my day job. And so every once in a while, we will come across somebody that I don't know how it comes up in conversation. I've run into this myself, where I'll just have a conversation, and it'll be. Yeah, I'm a big gamer, right? Oh, you you are cool. What do you play, or how often do you play? And and then it just goes from there. So Andy is a local guy here in Madison, actually, Brett. Okay. And one of my colleagues has him as a client, and he's like, "Yeah, we've got you know Sean's in the office. He's a big gamer. Um, he actually has a podcast." And so he pitched the podcast to, to Andy, and Andy has listened to it. And, oh, crazy. And, I, and so he was 
kind of going back and forth with me and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just starting out. I got You're so full group. of shit. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. So then he he listened to us, and then uh, I think I just responded off of him, and and so he came back to me on the, <laughs> at work. My work email was like, hey, so I'll read this quick um, because I thought it was pretty good. I, I really do. Um, so he's running the Sunless Citadel. He's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm like a great adventure. Um, if you haven't run that for D and D, it's it's pretty good. Um, and they it was for three five, and then they ported it to Tales from the Awning Portal for five mm-hmm. E. So he so this is kind of his app. Like, hey, I'm running it this weekend, and then he followed up with me a little bit in context after like, how did it go? So he says, Sunless Citadel is most definitely, and so I don't know if he's going to get mad if I read this, but I don't think it's a big deal. Sunless Citadel is most definitely not suited for a one-shot. Ran an eight-hour session Friday night and made it about two-thirds through. Big part of the game running uh, long was due to party members taking too long to make decisions that ultimately weren't that important. For example, there was one door they tried to open and it sprung a trap. So from then on, they were too scared to move anywhere with all kinds of active perception and arcana checks. I was trying to keep it moving with their passive perception, but they kept wanting to actively check anyway. Has Gaming NBS done an episode on good ways to keep the plot moving? So this ties directly into the the clue by four um, concept that um, that Cyberlick just talked about. Right? I thought you it know. was yeah serendipitous that. Yes. That Matt wrote about it, and then Andy mentioned this, and I said, you know, I don't, I got to think we've hinted at it or something along those lines. And I thought his, e- I thought his email was so apropos that uh, I felt compelled to put it. So, you know, Andy, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, oh, it's good stuff, man. I like that. Yeah, I told him thanks for the inspiration. I'll have to look into that and maybe talk about it. I um, think we've we've talked about this in bits and pieces, but um, just kind of as a general general tool set, right? We've talked about, hey, traps, how do you deal with traps? How do you deal with this thing? But <clears throat> excuse me, this is a broader piece of it, of advice or theory or, or concepts around, okay, do you do the Matt Cyber look like, look, guys, you know, I'm picking on Matt, like, you know, drop a big clue by four, wham, there are no more traps, just fucking move. Or you're like, okay, well, you know, you pass the perception, you are absolutely positive there are no there are no traps. You guys can move on from here. Okay, great. Okay. How, how do you do that? Not just with traps, but with other things. Those pieces... Where I think a piece, Andy, that that he has there is, what, what do you want to say? Ultimately, weren't that important. They don't know that. The players don't know that, right? They don't know that ultimately it's not important. And that that's a piece that you as a game master know it doesn't, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter. But how do you, or should you, through Matt Cyberlick's piece, Throw this doesn't matter. Can we please move past these five things or whatever it is? That's a tricky bit. That's a tricky thing. All right, Andy, that's in the that's in the hopper, man. Yeah, I, I've run into this at a con. I think I've mentioned this before, where Chad Parrish was running an AD and D game, and he's like, "Okay, you know, go down a corridor, and there's light shining, and the door is glowing." Well, then it's oh, burp, stop, time out. Everybody do this. Everybody do that. Nothing happens. You know, we were spending twenty minutes. 30 minutes on this stupid door, you know, but I did tell Andy. So if you haven't played Sunless Citadel, not to put any spoilers, but there's kobolds in there. Well, they're notorious for traps, right? So that's almost kind of, you know, you're what's going to happen is you're going to, they're going to run into traps. But I just told them just to address it, kind of what I responded to Andy was, 
you know, they take too long and they want to spend too much time dinking around with the door. Well, something coming down the hallway. <laughs> That's all it takes. Oh, yeah. Some, there's a number of different ways to keep it moving. Sometimes it's clues. Sometimes it's, all right, you guys are mucking about. Guess what? Guess what, guys and girls? Wandering monster time. Stop, Wandering stop, monster. Stop. Crack the door. Right? Crack the door. I mean, it's already open. You can see. It's open. It's cracked open. Right? No lock. And it also, I mean, and this goes into Call of Cthulhu and other things, because when you're playing a horror game or a suspense game or when people are terrified for life and limb and surprises, no, this is this is good stuff. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, we are on a roll. Good topics. All right. Thank you, Andy. Even though you didn't know you were writing us, you did. Right. Like, well done, sir. <laughs> He's getting nervous. I mean, I guess I could have kept his name out of there, but... I don't think Too late. We now know. I don't think his first name is going to be a big deal. All right. Josh Wallace emails us. Hey, guys. I have a terrific opportunity coming, but I might take some advice. You might take some advice. We'll see what happens. But I'm might like it. some advice. Might yeah. like. I thought I said take. I'm sorry. That whole different ball game, dude. One word. <laughs> One word makes the difference. Like it says, <laughs> but I'd like to you like you could shove some advice. All right. See another whole different another context. Yeah. All right. Let's start over. I have a terrific opportunity coming. But might but might like some advice. All right. But he might. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. <laughs> maybe I don't understand what's going on. Josh, what's happening? <laughs> All right. He continues more directly, hopefully. I'm running an RPG to be named later in a theater with a live studio audience of maybe 40 people, all of whom would like to play. In the past, we draw names and get 10 on stage playing, but if possible, I'd like to involve more. Do you have any tips on running a game where there's very little spotlight time for each player, but everyone still has an opportunity to have fun? Some additional details. This happens as part of Cincinnati Fringe, so there are all, <clears throat> almost all theater people. It's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. There will be alcohol served in the bar oh. down the stairs. Serving alcohol to players and our audience members is an option. Most people have <laughs> a passing familiarity with D&D. In the past years, I've homebrewed something very rules light based on D&D. I may be able to get one or two assistants, and I'll be, but I'll be the lone GM. Keep on BSing. Holy shit, Josh. Wow. wow that is uh, that is something else there. <clears throat> I would buy tickets to come down there and watch that. <laughs> shit. And I'd be half in the bag. So I tried to do something like this at a Evercon ages past before I uh, ended up kind of take, helping take over and, and run it. I was running a game in the library there, and I had about 10 different people watching, not nearly 40 people. Only 10, a fourth of them. And... Um, the play would be going along. I would stop. I would grab a person and say, what should happen? And I would grab an audience member. What should happen next? And they would be a dragon attack. You got it. And something would happen. <clears throat> Very ad libby type of thing. If you have a bunch of actors there uh, where people are into theater and so forth, that sort of um, whose line is it anyway approach may serve you very, very well. Um, might want to keep the alcohol to a... Sort of minimum, <laughs> depending how crazy, crazy you can get. I did some theater in college. I know how nutty theater folks can get on occasion. One of my good friends is doing theater right now. Anyhow, that's an idea uh, if you've got assistance and so on. And the other component is that you can have somebody come up. I toyed with this idea is that you have pre-gens. You've got X number of people. Either when they die or they roll a predetermined number, like a five or lower, they're out, cycle them in. Someone else from the audience has to take their seat. No matter what it is. In the middle of a fight, you're old one, you're out, Sean, you're in. Uh, okay. And now Sean has to be in the middle of the fight. <clears throat> it's just cycling people out. Whenever a die roll of a 20 or something else is rolled, you pick a number type of thing or 
a random event occurs, seemingly random perhaps, and then you cycle people in and out of the game. So they're walking up, they're walking out. They have to pay attention. And uh, so, yeah, kind of cool. I would, I would uh, going off of Brett a little bit, you could write or have a hat of some kind and you could put in, and this is depending on how you would want to do it, could either do it per class, per character, per per player. Maybe you just have a, all of them in one hat together. Is you write up a saying that the character and the player have to say out loud at on a given cue. So if they roll at a certain time, or if they, maybe you just have to point at them, right? As the kind of coordinator, game master. You point at him. So say Brett always has to say, huzzah, I am the ruler, regardless of what's going on. That's his catchphrase. And no matter what, like you can always pick a time where you just point at Brett and he has to, his character has to say that. So then what happens is you can make it as opportune or inopportune as you want. And I think if you had so many different little sayings like that, aside from just playing, yeah. And dictating, you know, you could take a serious moment, point to Brett and just go, huzzah, I am the ruler here. <laughs> and if you had Brett with a couple cocktails in him, I'm sure that it would get go over crazy. even more. But it's, yeah, you, you're going to run into, uh, you're going to run into somebody who's going to want the spotlight all day long. And then you're going to get ones that maybe don't. Well, I'll tell you, man, the other thing to do too is that you've got, um, to share the spotlight perspective, <clears throat> that's what was my reason for cycling players in and out. Right. Another thing to do is if you're not a player, the NPCs get cycled in and out. Hmm. You drag someone up on stage. You are you are the uh, you're the king. You don't like adventurers, but you need them to rescue your daughter. Go. And then that person's done. And you may even then cycle that person. Have them however you want to cycle them out. Right. The person could come up, play an NPC for a scene, and then they say which character. And then you look at that person. Which of these characters do you like? Good. You're Grog. Grog, sit down. Next, cycling people in and out and then <clears throat> kind of getting it in. Whoever is the NPC, the new person on stage suddenly becomes the attraction because they've got the thing, the new data, a new data point. They're interjecting into the story, telling you whatever it is, very improv style. What are you going to do? And uh, even if you don't have them then take over characters, but then cycle them out. Thank you very much. You were the king. Hooray. Give him a round of applause. He sits down. It's her turn. She's the ogre. And then she's down. And then the other lady comes back up and she's the fighter that you meet or whatever the case is. So that could I be mean, fun. You could even have three players or like an on deck, like the people that are in the like playing and their players and their player characters. And then you could have three people off to the side. And as the like three people leave the quote unquote scene you could bring one like one person leaves you could bring in another and that on deck what their sole purpose is to do is to create an element so you say hey i need <clears throat> okay so you are all at a dinner blah 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 blah. i need the name of a king point at one of the people on deck what's the king's name and they say it great that just becomes part of the story they work that in Somebody leaves the scene, you bring that person that mentioned the king's name into the actual play, and then you bring in another one and you just keep rotating them through. So that way you got people like almost creating the scene. I mean, you could have all kinds of fun with this, Josh, if you no, just had a system. And, yeah. Wow. He, he said he's done it before, 
Right. Yeah. I wonder how he's done it before. I, I think I think a rules light is definitely the best way to go. Oh yeah. Got to roll a d twenty. Right. Got to roll d twenty and six siders for damage or something crazy. Whatever it is you're doing. But I think the key for spotlight time is forcibly moving it around by every time somebody goes for a little bit. Great new character. Great new player. Drop. Yeah. You have to go over here now. You have to talk to the NPC and so on. And you're moving it around. I think it's kind of forced. And because it sounds like it's going to be 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., very few good ideas happen at 2 a.m. So you're going to have a hell of a good time. And yeah, wow. I think that that's what I would look at. I would look at that as my core. I, Josh, I have no idea if that would help you at all. But with Sean, I threw out, uh, let us know if it works, man. That'd be cool to see. We're here, yeah. by anyway. Oh, God. And please put it out on YouTube. That would be hilarious. Drunken, drunken theater people playing <laughs> d and fucking watch the hell out of that. All right, your turn, Sean. DM of House Kojo. Hello, BSers. Going going old school text this week. Damn, he didn't even call in. This must no. be heavy. This has got to be heavy. I recently engaged in a social media exchange with a group of gamers, which got me thinking philosophically about RPGs, and I wanted to get your take on it. My experience with RPGs goes back to about 1984. Damn. Did they have cars back then, Kojo? Damn, Kojo, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old I was. Uh, what am I? I just turned 46. This means that my early gaming experiences, I? I think I was. I think I started that same year, actually. I think I may have as well. Carry on. Keep reading. This means that my early gaming experience were, were closely tied into those mechanics and attitudes that were prevalent during that era. This still colors my gaming in many ways today. In this particular case, I've been playing a bit of Savage Worlds off and on. One thing that I didn't like in the rule set is that players can take hindrances in order to construct a player with more advantages in other areas. Yes, that is true. So the if you recall from the time when Christian and um, Ron Blessing, Ron Blessing were on. Shit, dude. I mean, uh, this is a GURPS thing. It's a yes. old school White Wolf thing. It's points. So points. you get points. And if you take hindrances, you get a couple points. And then you can use those points for good things. So while this isn't a new concept, it really causes my grognardian part of my brain to get twitchy. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, I don't enjoy metagaming and min-maxing at my table. Fortunately, I haven't run into many people that play with me that prefer that style. As such, I am really not a fan of people coming to my table with a character concept. Oh, Kojo. Yeah. I much prefer the old school method of rolling 3 to 6 or even 46, dropping the lower roll down the line. Then you pick a class that those stats fit, then a race, and so on. Then you see how that character develops organically over the course of your campaign. This requires more player skill, and for me and my group, is more fun. Yes. No, I yeah. think. I th yeah. Coach is, he's yeah. a smart dude and well stated, man. Yeah. For you and your group, that's more fun. Yes. I've done that, and I've had a damn good time doing it. I've also done it with certain groups, and it fucking sucked because yes. they hated it and fought me tooth and nail. Right. <laughs> So I suggested in a social media venue that I wanted to create a random table of hindrances, which I would have players roll on if they choose chose to have a hindrance for their Savage Worlds character. That way, players would not be able to min-max it as much and would have to adjust on the fly, leading to a more interesting character in the long run. Okay, I'm just going to stop there for just a second. 
So while I understand that the concern is manipulating the system to the fact of, well, I'll just take all these hindrances and then I'll get all these points and then I'm really going to max these things out. So I'll become super juggernaut because I'm taking all these bad things. Mm -hmm. That is, I get where he's coming from. The thing is, is if they're taking hindrances, they gotta, they should play them. So that's where I was just going to get to that at the end, but that's one of the problems for a lot of games that I've run into with hindrances. Right. Yes. And the reason I say that is you need to have good players who are going to say, look, I took crippled and that's okay because I'm going to play the fact that I'm in a wheelchair like Stephen Hawking. I'm going to take one legged and that's okay because I'll play this blah, blah, blah. There are plenty of people, I've joked about this before. An old gamer who uh, moonlighted my group, we joked that he would have um, disadvantages in, in games that would be, I must collect all gold. Yeah. I'm attracted to magic items. I must kill all enemies until they are dead. These are not fucking hindrances, people, right? It so, goes back to my world of recruiting where it says, tell me a weakness about yourself, Brett. Oh, I, I just am too goddamn punctual. I'm too, I work too hard. I work so hard. <laughs> I mean, you, you pretty much hell? until you tell me to leave the office, I just don't go. I'm just a workaholic. That's one of you my know, The other thing is I, I will actually take less pay than I'm worth because I, uh, I just like working. <laughs> I love working, really. All bullshit. Anyway, carry on. No, I, I, and before you go any further, I should say a random table for hindrances is kind of cool. I like this. That's a neat idea. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Well, let's see what the Let's see what the reaction was. Right, right. All right. You would think I suggested everyone give up their firstborn child before making a character because the opposition to such an idea was significant. I have many children on any given day. I may give you one or more of them. (laughs) So that's not threatening to me. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, and I have no concept of that because I have no children. So to me, it's like... Can't you just get one down the street? Like, <laughs> Are they I like see... cats? Are they like cats? I got cats. <laughs> I see some people leave them in grocery stores unattended. I don't know. <laughs> they seem like they're free. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I was. Oof, what a tangent. I was essentially painted as this backwards thinking dictator at the table who would drive players away because I took away their agency. Shame on you, Kojo. They all seemed to prefer to come to the game with a character concept already in mind and wanted to build that specific character. And the idea of having to conform to anything about their character that did not fit their concept was abhorrent to them. I even had some people saying they would refuse to play if they were not given the freedom to play the specific character they wanted. Whoa. Wow, that's that's that is heavy. That's a good way to a little give and take on that part. That's <laughs> nice. That's nice. A lot of give and take. You know, <laughs> fuck you. Run the game. I tell you to with oh. my character, or, I'll, or I won't play with you. That sounds that's like friendly. Sounds like Brett's got some commonalities in here somewhere. I think I like Kojo. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I find this stance both confusing and a bit one-dimensional. When I play, I will take whatever I am given to play and have fun. If the player has some deficiencies or low stats, I roll with it and work that into the narrative of who my character is. Some of the most fun times at my tables have been when players have to adapt on the fly to something about their character that was randomly determined. Those characters become more memorable. So organic character development over time is my preferred approach. There is still an amazing amount of player agency at my table as they come up with things on the fly about their characters, and I roll with many of their ideas in my campaign. 
Players make things up about their characters based on the situations and experiences in the game, as opposed to coming with a predefined expectation of what their character is and what they would do. Oh, man, I got a burp coming and I'm trying not to do it right in the mic. You're welcome. Uh, I am not trying to tell people how to have fun. But sometimes I feel that a person needs to be the cleric or thief or whatever the party needs to be successful, taking one for the team, if you will. Because if five players want to be a wizard and nobody wants to play a fighter, then the party could suffer as a result. Also, I'm a bit saddened to see people limit what they think they can have fun playing. One poster on my comments said he was never has never played a rogue and he never will because he already knows he wouldn't enjoy it. But in my mind, how do you know if you have never tried? Just like I get a bit frustrated with my daughter who only will eat cheese pizza despite never trying other ingredients. I get frustrated with players who have such a narrow focus on what fun should look like. If you never try any flavor of ice cream besides vanilla... You may be missing out on great experiences and never know it. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's true. Try sushi, ladies and gentlemen. It tastes good. I have it. I don't like it. Well, as long as you tried it, that's I all did. I can ask. I did. Well, I did try it. Didn't like it. I tried it again, right. though, because it's been a while. Well, anyway, carry on. <laughs> Brett and Sean talk about sushi. Um, so... I am curious about your feelings on players bringing a character concept to the table versus them rolling what they get and adapting as they go. I've yet to play 5e largely because when I try to read the character creation chapter, it is largely tailored towards building a character concept, metagaming, and min-maxing due to unlimited choice of race-class combinations. No negative modifiers for any race, suggestions of a point by, or use of a standard array of scores etc. For example, the first step listed in the 5e PHB is pick a race and class. But to me, you should roll stats, then pick a class and race afterwards based on what options are available based on those rolled stats. The 5e raw or rules as written definitely promotes players making very specific concepts from the start of character creation. If that is fun for players, then more power to them. But to me, it is definitely a foreign concept of approaching character creation. I am willing to give it a shot, as I am currently doing with Savage Worlds, in order to try uh, to find out firsthand if it works for my group or not. And I will report back when we give 5e a try. As always, I value your thoughts on the matter. Sincerely, DM Kojo. Whoo, good stuff, Kojo. Wow. We, we have talked about this a little bit. Where we've talked about kind of organic character growth and so on. I think we could easily digress for an hour on this sucker. So, Kojo, this is good. I'm going to, this has been a banner episode for more topic ideas. <laughs> this is going in the topic bin, dude. Brett's <clears throat> job has become significantly easier in the last 25 minutes. It has. This is awfully nice. Brett, what are we you, talking Kojo? about next week? Oh, I'll he... see what Kojo has to say. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm just going to reach through. FaceTime yeah. and strangle Brett for the oh, first nice. time. Topic from Kojo. Ta-da. Woo. There we it. are. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, man. 
Yeah, you can get some people's blood boiling around, some of that stuff. I think the interesting piece here is that Kojo says, I like to have fun doing a certain thing. I will try this other thing, right? I'm willing to give it a shot, as he's doing with Savage Worlds. He will try 5e. He'll do these things. He's going to try it. And I think an interesting component to some of this stuff is the people who will never try something because it doesn't sound like I'd have any fun, or I know it would not be any fun. Have you ever tried it? No, I just know. Um there are some folks that very strongly believe that without, and we'll get into this when we get into the topic, but some of this I think has to do with trust in the game master and the way the story will unfold versus having a mechanic to enforce certain things. And we'll talk about that in the uh, show topic itself when we get to it. But thank you, Kojo. Thought-provoking, good stuff. Well-written as always, sir. Thank you very much. Now, if we bring up that show topic, Brett, we're going to have to reference this letter or this email. Like, I want to, you know, because oh, I, no, I copied the whole darn thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I copied it. So we can almost go bam, bam as a retort or discussion through the whole thing. So I got it. I got you covered. I know what I'm doing. All right, man. All right. Let's get it. It's easier when everyone does half my job for me. I love it. That's true. Let's get I into it. I am an IT director. It's nice when people do their, do all the work for me. I can take credit. This guy, I tell you. Main topic, ladies and gents. <laughs> All right, Brett. So speaking of stealing shit from our listeners, Tony Baker asked us about recovering from a bad game. He said, well, I'm sure neither of you have ever run a bad game before. Tony, you're far too nice. Uh, It can be a little bit intimidating and difficult to recover after you've run a bad game. How do you engage the players again? Do you discuss issues with the game at at that point, or do you just move on? How do you approach resolving or improving? So, Tony, I thought that was – those are good questions we've (coughs) – Now, Sean and I have talked in the show before where we fuck stuff up. <laughs> I know I have. Like, what? Oh, wow, I screwed this up. Uh, there's a couple of them learning from mistakes and a few others. If you dig through the back catalog, you'll find me bemoaning my mistakes a few different times. So, Sean, you've had bad games. Yeah. Nope. I, I've been in them, Sean. What? <laughs> how do you know? First, the question should be, how do you, how do you know you've, you're in a bad game? You know what's interesting? That is actually a very interesting point because I how have, do you How do you define bad game? I have had game sessions where I went, that session sucked. In my heart, my whatever I have for a soul that's left, I'm like, man, this is that was terrible. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. And then people are like, no, that was great. We had a really good time. Like, you do not have to, you know, kiss my ass on this one. I am sorry. I just, I really phoned it in. And people will stare at me and go, no, that was great. And I've had other times where I'm like, boy, I thought that went pretty well. So I'm like, yeah, it was all right. I struggled a little bit with like, oh, fuck, I can't read this at all. So I think, <clears throat> Sean, your point is well taken. And I think we're Tony sitting here with us. My conversation, I, mean, I think an opener would have been, are you sure it was bad? How, who told you it was bad? Did you feel it was bad? Did the how, how did you know? And it could be something as galactically bad as the group broke up, people swore, threw beer cans at each other, flipped the table, threw dice, and said, fuck you, I quit. Like Sean's buddy threw his books in the snow. Yeah. Bad, ga- bad game. Not to me it was, and I thought it was a good game. <laughs> like if I can get Jeff to throw books out in the snow, <laughs> hey, hey, success. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> now, for most people who are not sociopathic like Sean, um, that's considered a bad game. But seriously, though, um, if Tony were here, I think, Sean, you both, we would both say, so what happened? How do, you, how do you know it went that bad? Because he's talking about engaging players, talking about issues and so forth. So I think to move this forward at all, we have to assume 
that is agreed upon by at least 60 plus percent, 75 percent of the group, that that did not go so well. And I think sometimes depending where it breaks depends on the medicine you need going forward. Sometimes it breaks at the end of the campaign. That ending sucked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a little late now. <laughs> it's over. Well, let's move on to the next one. That type of a fix to me is generally a little bit simpler. Like, well, I don't like the way that one ended. Okay, make note. Don't end it like that again. Um, but when it breaks in the middle or at the beginning, <clears throat> people bail on you, don't want to play anymore, or use Game Master Lose whatever energy you have for the game, that's when it gets a little bit difficult. So I guess, so in an example perspective, sometimes you can be running a game and have that X-cardable thing happen. And somebody doesn't X-card it or doesn't say, hey, I don't want to do this. You know, you start bringing up um, Brett's perennial favorite, Dead Babies. And someone in your group is like, look, I can't handle that. They don't tell you, stop talking about dead babies. This pisses me off. They don't tap an X card. They don't do something. Or you don't read their body language. Whatever happens or someone at the table pushes someone too far, that X cardable stuff. You can have rules debacles where somebody insists at a critical fight. Sometimes I've, I've seen this happen quite a bit at, at the climax of a fight or a big goddamn event. And the ruling is made at the table of X. And someone goes, no, no, the rule specifically states. And then... You get a weird rules argument or something dumb. And that can wreck a game. And sometimes the story itself just flatlines. Everyone's bored with it. It just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Or no one is interested. Or sometimes the game master's like, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore. Can we play Star Wars? And everyone goes, yeah. It was just D&D again anyway. We're just kind of playing to play. Sure, I'll play Star Wars. Sean, do you have any ideas? Or I shouldn't say ideas. Examples of bad games or way a game could break on you that you i know you haven't had happen to you but perhaps rumors you've heard of others well you know <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing well i think there's there's examples of how things could go awry mm -hmm. i don't know if i would say that it's a if it would go to such an extent that it would be a bad game. Um, so how would you, what would you do to define a bad game? How would you define a game that's bad? Oh, well, one is, is it an actual game that is bad? Like, is it constructed bad? Are you playing Fatal? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> are you, maybe. Are you playing a game and it's the rules piece. You're like, wow, this, we are playing Rollmaster. We oh, thought this, this is, would be fun. We this can't stand is, this game. This is the problem with bad and good and great and awesome and crappy and, you know, boring and fun and exciting and dismal. Sometimes, sometimes those all, things boil down to I don't like. They're all fluffy, puffy stuff. So you don't really understand. Like, so Brett's boredom could be my excitement. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, Brett could be running Call of Cthulhu, Trail of Cthulhu, and he made no action. And I could be like, that is great. And Kevin may be playing in the same game, or Angie, Angela might be in the same game, and they they want action. Yeah, they're just bored. And they're they bored out of it. their mind. And I'm like role-playing the snot out of this. It's great. So I think, <laughs> so the, good point. And I think the... The key piece we can focus on what Tony brought in was how do you re-engage the players? So let's assume 
Whatever that there's, it is. That there's engagement lost. The players right. are not engaged. He wants to re-engage them. Discuss the issues with the game at that point. When you try to re-engage, you just move on. How do you resolve improving? How do we fix the engagement? Because when I see this, the statement that he had, and Tony, when we're done talking about this, you'll probably write us an email and say, you pack of jackasses, <laughs> Here, you, let two, me you two morons. Yeah. Let me clarify the fact that you're both wrong <laughs> and stupid. I'm fine with that, dude. Lay it on us. But <clears throat> so if you've lost engagement, have, have you had or seen that happen? And sometimes it's as simple as half the table is bored one person. I've it? lost engagement, and I'm running the game. There you go. No, that's that's legit, man. That's absolutely legit. That is that is the thing some people would call bad. But if we just say lack of engagement is what we're defining as bad right now, yeah, if the game master, if he or she is, are there like, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, whatever. And I don't I think, care. Can we play Star Wars? <laughs> I'm done with this. I think you're going to be in trouble. So that's what I'm doing. Shit cannon Star Wars and running Tomb of Annihilation. Why? Uh I don't know. Maybe I'm lost in lost engagement. Hey, no, that's that's important. I have had it where with my Warhammer game, I mentioned this on the show a number of episodes back. I had some guys that just could not engage because they were struggling with the rules. Hmm. The players simply were not engaging. And um, we've had it before. I played Lamentation of the Flame Princess with that group, and I had a player who, different player, just couldn't take it <clears throat> as far as not fun. Not having a good time. Like the story, just the system got in their got in their craw for some reason, and they wouldn't could not engage past that. I am not a fan of the first time I've played. I had fun when I played Dungeon World with Chris with Chris Nizak running it. It was okay. Um, I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the best game ever, um, because there are aspects of the rules I wasn't keen on. When I played Fate Accelerated with uh, Tom Flanagan from Nights and Night running it. I loved his Dresden storyline. I loved his slow burn approach to it. I was not a fan of the game system. It felt blah to me. Savage Worlds felt blah, as I talked about before. And that doesn't mean I wouldn't try those again, but <clears throat> to re-engage me in that one of those things, I need time, right? So if someone says, hey, I want to run Savage Worlds again, I'd be like, I'm, fuck, I'm down for that, man. I haven't played that. And I haven't, last time I played, I didn't have a really good time. But I tell you what, today's my day. Let's have some fun. And I think sometimes re-engagement, depending on what caused the dis- the disconnection, the disengagement, it can simply be time. You guys did not have any fun with Warhammer 1st Edition. Got it. Push that aside. I'll bring that back out another time later on. I have a pretty good idea why a couple of guys in my group did not engage with it. Um, I know enough about, I've known these guys for over 25 years at this point. I know why. Now would not be a good time to bring that back up. Right? Let's bring that up. When everybody's ready for for that type of change, whatever that is. So I think sometimes it's time, and it's not. And the reengagement with the players is like, hey, Sean, I know you had a lot of fun playing Call of Cthulhu, um, but we're gonna play, we're play some D and D this time because hey, the rest of the crew is in on it. And Sean's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll play D and D. Yeah, I'll, I, I like that game too. Sometimes it's a matter of taking the source of the disengagement and just pushing it out. If it's something as simple is we didn't have fun playing the game system or the system was difficult or we didn't like it or whatever the reason is. Does that make sense, Sean? Yeah, it does. And I agree with some of the, did I just say agree with some of the things Brett said? I like that. I'm ready to oh, hang on. Well, Sean and the show right now. said. But I think it, time does play a role, uh, a pl- does play a part in all this. I think it's also interest level. Like the style of play comes into 
into the situation. Some of even what Kojo mentioned, you know, I want to do it this way. They want to do it that way. You get into that, players disengage. How do you get them back into that? Well, maybe it's just a mismatch. Like, hey, they want to play this way. Kojo wants to play that way. That's You're not going to get peanut butter and jelly to be really cool sometimes. Yeah. People people are people are going to love peanut butter and jelly and they're going to be people that hate peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, like Bob from Mr. to Market. Right, like that's right. Bob Bob's <laughs> like not that peanut butter and jelly guy. We still don't know what's wrong with Bob. We've had, you know, we've, we're doing medical me, medical sciences engaged. We'll figure yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, we've we got him under uh, a microscope. Surveillance. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. under surveillance. Um, um so the other the other piece where you talk about this and I threw it in the notes here is sometimes the answer is don't re-engage with that group, depending well, on the level of bad. Right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've left game groups. They, I could call them tomorrow and say, "How are you guys doing?" and go to lunch with them, and there's no bad blood. And I've gone on to beat other great players, like Brett. I played Star Wars with him. I'm yeah. not playing a game with Brett now. True. And, and probably won't ever again. What? Oh, <laughs> just it hurt kidding. my feelings. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, no. But no, I, I think sometimes, and this is, we've talked about like golden age of gaming with all the different groups and stuff. And there's, there's roll 20, there's <clears throat> fancy grounds. There's tons of stuff you can do online. You can find new players. And it is difficult to say, I'm not going to game with you pack of bastards anymore. Right. <laughs> but sometimes depending where you're at, and this is the hard decision, this is like the worst end of bad slash disengagement where you have a group of people, sometimes it's the game master of the other players and you as the other as the outsider. Sometimes it's you as game master and a group of players. Sometimes the group is split where a game master and two players like X and the other three players don't give a fuck about any of that. And you need to split. You need to not play with these people. Um, I mentioned at the beginning the X card stuff, and sometimes you you can get involved with toxic people. I know sometimes people say oh, that's a buzzword, blah blah. You can get engaged with some real motherfuckers who are not pleasant to be around. They are essentially for your morals, your ethics, and what makes you you. You would view this person as a bad person. Do not feel bound to play with that person. Get the fuck out of that game, right? So sometimes you do need to completely disengage. And go engage with a whole different group of people. That's a very extreme example, but sometimes that has to happen. I think well, to and, just for your own sanity. And there, people grow. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason, and not everybody. Like some people still keep in contact with the people they went to grade school with, like Brett and me to some extent. But there's a lot of people I went to high school with that I don't like. I would have hung around with thirty years ago, but I wouldn't do it today. No, I hear you, brother. Like we just grew as people like, Hey man, I don't really like spending time at the tavern every night. Like that's not my jam. Yeah. It was was good when I was 20. Right. But it's, I appreciate that you keep inviting me and I might show up once a quarter (laughs) and have a few with you. Right. This isn't my thing all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, same thing with gaming. You know, I started out with AD and D, you know, and and that's how people get into different games because they're like, hey, I don't want to play D and D anymore. I want to play PBTA or DCC or whatever it is. Yeah, this other group offered me to come play with them, and they're playing this really kick ass game, uh, Blades in the Dark, and you know, they're running this thing, and you know, I got Eileen running, you know, Invisible Sun over here. I I could go play that. Um, 
I'm going to go do that. That means I don't have time to game with you guys. Love y'all, but I'm I'm going to go. So again, that's an extreme piece. Mm-hmm. Now to bring it back to how to actually re-engage. So let's say you want to do that. One of the things that Tony brings up is, do you discuss the issues with the game at that point, or do you just move on? How do you approach resolving and improving? I'm a big proponent of, and I did this with my group after Warhammer. So, okay, guys, look, here's the deal. This is what I'm seeing. This is the type of thing you want to do. I will play Pathfinder. Really? Yeah, we really like to try that again. Yes, I'll run Pathfinder for you. I don't care. I want to run a game for you. You're my best friends. This is what I want to do. I don't really care. I'll run Pathfinder. I don't give a shit. <clears throat> After this is done, maybe I'll run Delta Green or something different. Oh, that sounds great. Let's Yeah, let's do this. So I I believe if there are issues with the game, let's say it disconnected because I didn't like the storyline. Eh, we don't like the game system. We didn't like this component. I don't like the way that you know the Cypher system has DM intru- GM intrusions. It just felt awkward to me. I never really got into it. Whatever that is, I think it's worth having the the voicing of grievances at the Festivus poll talking about you know what you didn't like, lay that stuff out. If it is more difficult where it's people and players, we can push that aside for a second or or see the the discussion Sean I just had. But I think it's worth saying like, look, I didn't like the fact that half the party was evil and the rest of us were good. I didn't like the fact that we were playing Star Wars and I couldn't be a Jedi. You, you kind of limited us, and I really. You said it'd be. You didn't really say it was only going to be smugglers. You said we might get to be force sensitive, and I thought that meant Jedi, and I'm not really a Jedi, and that's really disappointing. That I mean, that can cause disengagement right there. Uh, my buddy Nick was running a Star Wars game, old school West End D6, and I wasn't interested in being a Jedi. I wanted to do this other thing, so I'm being this other character, and. The way the rest of the players kind of strong armed the events, I talked to Nick. I said, "I'm just, I'm done. I gotta quit." He's like, "Oh man, I feel really bad." I said, "Dude, look, here, here's the deal. There's five of us playing. Four of us are force users. I am not." I said, "You as game master, it's kind of asinine for you to quote unquote waste your time. I'll just make a force user or something along those lines. We can, I can get in on the fun that everybody else is having. I'm on the outside. This is kind of stupid. I have nothing to do. Nick felt bad. He felt like, oh, I kind of wrote you out the story, blah, blah, blah. We made up. It's fine. But I discussed the problem. Like, I don't like this thing. I'd like to fix this so I can re-engage. And I think <clears throat> discussing the problem and the issue, whatever it might be, is a good way to go to get people to re-engage. Because if people... Li- if Sean says, hey, Brett, what did you think? No, it was fun. I totally love Star Wars. It was a lot of fun. If I am dishonest about it, that's not helping. I think, you know, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you'd rather have me say, look, you, you ran a, a BX game, and I I just didn't like it. It wasn't fun. I don't like the BX rule system. You'd rather have me say that out loud to you than you show up and be a stick in the mud every time we try to play. People are strange. Like mm-hmm. I, that's my job is people, and a lot of them are conflict adverse. And the thing is, is they're conflict adverse when there isn't a conflict. Yeah, they that's just, a, that's an interesting piece too. So, yeah, and uh, you know they're afraid of hurting feelings, and and so that we stop being honest because we're sensitive, which is nice. I think sensitivity comes into play, but you can also position things that are sensitive in a way that it's constructive where 
you're not going to go, you're not going to lose your mind and they're not going to lose their mind. So I think it's just a matter of being adults and just coming to the, you know, say, Hey, Brett trail Cthulhu, man, you know, I don't know. It's not really my jam. Brett's not a big BBTA guy. I don't know if anybody knew that or not. Yeah. I'm not a power of the apocalypse guy. It's not my thing. It's not his thing. And that's okay. So I raz Brett all the time for that because, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. We've known each other for a while now. That's what you do. <laughs> Shut uh, up, Brett. I defy danger. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Brett grows through his whole day defying danger. That's Pretty much. What it is. That's, that's his my move. Day. That's, that's his, my day. That's Brett's move every day. As defy a, danger. As a person. As, oh, yeah. That's all I get through. I'm married. <laughs> this is all I get through life, man. Defy Brett, danger. What'd you do today at, defy at work? I defy danger. I rolled, rolled a seven and eight on a defy danger. It was a good day. But- that's the thing, like just admitting that that's the case. So knowing that if I roll a PBTA game, I mean, if I want Brett to play really bad, you know, I know I'm going to have an uphill battle or I just go, I know Brett doesn't like that. That's not his jam. So I'm not going to ask him. Yeah. I'll say, hey, man, I'm going to run this. You don't have to play. It's cool. Right. And sometimes that, that self-deprecating Midwestern thing to do can be very helpful where you say, look, I know. As some folks, you don't have to call out people by name. I've done this. You're like, look, I know we weren't all really happy with kind of how things are rolling out. So I took a look at it, and I'm thinking that as a group, it'd be more fun if we ran this style of game. Are you guys up for that? Oh, yeah, that that sounds cool. Yeah, because I just, you know, I wasn't too keen on this piece, that piece. I've heard the gripes, the complaints from different players. Sometimes generalizing the gripes when people don't are risk adverse and they don't want to say that was me bitching about the experience points. Oh, that was me bitching about the lack of agency I felt. Oh, that was me complaining that I didn't like the monsters that we couldn't seem to beat. Sometimes taking a thing and generalizing it is a way to say, I have heard you all. You have all made statements. Here are some of them. I'm not going to say who you don't even have to say. I'm not going to say here. We've all talked. I've talked to everybody. I've heard these things. These all stuck with me. I really took this serious. So here's what I like to do to address all of this stuff. Are you guys down with this? And, you know, somebody could raise their hand and she could be like, yeah, I don't like that. And then Susan says, yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. And Sean's good. And this person's good. Okay, great. Let's good. Are we on board. Sounds great. It's almost like a reversion to a, to a session zero or the session one or whatever we want to call it, which we've chatted about many times, but I think the goal is whatever you didn't like, <clears throat> whatever bad thing happened, whatever caused disengagement with the players and the game master, you don't want that to happen again. You want to avoid that. So open communication is showing if it's, especially if you're the game master, people look to you as the leader of the group. More often than not, this has been my experience. Prove and show that you're open and you want to listen to people. Don't argue. Right. Well, I felt this way. Well, you can't feel that way. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Someone said that I, I felt like this game wasn't much fun. Really? What didn't you like? I didn't like this. That's fine. They didn't like the rule system. Who gives a shit? You know, find one, you know, everybody likes and play that. But I think the, um, <clears throat> another piece that goes with this too, is sometimes if you're going to try something different for reengaging is figuring out ways when you come back to a game or you come into something is you can change up your players that we talked about in, in drastic pieces. Sometimes it's a change up the games or the stories themselves. Sometimes the stories itself, like, look, I like D and D, 
But I don't play D&D to do a murder mystery. I play D&D to kill monsters and take their shit. Okay. So you want to play D&D? Yes. Good. That means orcs and giants. Yes. Okay, cool. Off we go. <clears throat> if they don't want a city adventure, they don't want to play in Avalon. They want to play out in the wilds of Greyhawk in the hinterland somewhere, beating up Ayus and his minions. That's what they want. That's the type of story they want. Stick to those. You can engage that way. Another piece is to improve your knowledge of the rules if you're the game master. Sometimes I have found it isn't always the players who will not know the rules. It's when you get in a rules lawyer argument, and I've seen this happen, and it's happened to me, where I don't know the rules as well as someone at the table. And I get engaged in this stupid pissing contest of who's in charge of the rules, right? So... Improving either your knowledge of the rules or as you set out to avoid that issue, saying, hey, look, here's what we're going to do. I know I don't know all the rules as well as Bob or Julie, and that's fine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make rulings. If we find out I'm wrong, we'll, we'll retcon it or whatever. We guys agree. Okay, let's go and move on. So <clears throat> I think overall my answer to Tony would be, you know, first off, hey, what happened? That sucks. How would I reengage people? I'd be like, all right, get it on the table. Seriously. And uh, it doesn't have to be confrontational. It can be generalizing because this is fun. It's supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be a hobby. And you don't have to say, you know, I noticed you, Sean, and you, Susan, and you, Ange, did not like these particular things. Is that true? This is not an interrogation, right? But get the issues out there and then talk about what you'd like to do to correct it. And sometimes it's as simple as nobody wants to play Call of Cthulhu ever. This group never fucking wants to. They just want to play Dungeon World. Okay. If you don't want to play Dungeon World with this group, guess what you got to do? You got to go find another group. You know, sometimes it's that simple. Sean, anything else? No. So, Tony, I don't know if we hit your points or not. I think we did. Write us back. Let us know. Give a call in, whatever you got to do. And, uh, folks, I read Tony's comment and anybody who listened to the last episode where he he'd mentioned that if you think we missed it or you've got some better ideas or concepts, throw them at us because uh, it's always good to share. Sweet. Get it on the table, as they say. Yeah. Thanks, Tone Sugarloaf. Thanks, man. Shall we? Yeah. All right. I got a couple this week. Dungeonology, the expedition. It's a strategy game for two to four players, ages 14 and up. There's an article on Geek and Sundry that covers a little bit of the game, which is interesting. It is Kickstarter. It had a 59K goal. They're at 369 and ends May 1st, 2019. Is this based on the book Dungeonology? No, no, it is not. Oh, no. That's so cool. No relevance that I am aware of. Because I know. Isn't that a, that's a Watsi property, right? Dungeonology or no? Yeah. I mean, Matt. Forbeck was. was Wrote it. And I'm wondering, Matt said something about a board game on on Twitter a while back that he was helping to develop. Is that him? Oh, maybe it is. Uh, I'm I'm doing research now. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. Uh, uh, And then the second one, World Anvil. A world-building tool for tabletop RPG storytellers and authors. So check that out. That is, if you are a world-builder aficionado, what it is kind of set up to do is as you write about your world and bring it together, it's you can you 
well, I don't know if it's the format tries to. Well, it's got prompts, right? So you, I mean, it's got templates for world design. It's got 24 plus different templates for writing prompts and all sorts of cool stuff. Right. But it facilitates. Yes. You know, going from RPG to the potential, you know, book. Like, I'm authoring a book. Fan, I don't know. Fanfic's not the right word, but. Oh, like Avalon, like all right, sorts of Avalon, stuff. Right, Avalon, yes, yeah. a perfect example, Brett. Jeez, yeah, I mean, this is online character sheets and stat blocks available, digital storyteller screen. Wow, this looks kind of cool. That's very yes. neat. That's a good find, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then there was another one, and if I can bring it up in the next couple seconds, I will do that. Oh, Astral Table. This is another one. So I'm going to thank Tony chugaloaf about this one so astral table um is a is a kind of a competitor to roll 20 okay so i will put a link in the show notes to that so it's roll. another virtual tabletop which is yay more yeah is better roll 20 has been pissing me off well you may want to check out astral tabletop dot com astraltabletop.com I will put a link in the show notes Mr. Brett Mr. Brett <laughs> thanks do, do, you doing do, a Mr. Do. Crowley there is that what you're doing Mr. Brett da, da. don't you ride your wow horse or whatever it is astro <laughs> what I say astro gaming something like that yeah, BTT. Okay, so that's all I had for this week. Check out Astral Gaming if you want a, an option other than Roll20. Um, that's all I have for this week. What do we talk? So, Brett and I, we, I was going to ask Brett what we're talking about next week. Mm-hmm. I am in the process of trying to get a guest on the show to talk about inclusivity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. Cool, cool. So I will not divulge this. It's a little, little teaser, little teaser. But the whole angle was, uh, and a friend of ours is putting us in contact with mm-hmm. her uh, because we're two average middle-aged white dudes that probably don't, don't know have, shit about inclusivity. We I mean, well, we, we, minimal. I mean, I don't have the problem. We I, don't, I don't deal with this. We have a certain perspective. Yes, that's a better way to put it. Yes, and there are others yes. that have are have a different perspective, mm-hmm. and they encounter different things than we do. Well, this, I mean, you take a look at what when we talk to Jen Brinkman for Dungeon Crawl Classics, we talk to the guys about Savage Worlds. I don't know that. I want to talk to somebody who knows this. I mean, yes. in depth to really dig into this. And this is a situation where Sean and I bantering about this we can carry the conversation only so far right let's let's talk to somebody else so if we can get her on the show next week schedules are being a little tougher to align for that so maybe a week or two so if we cannot get her on the show brett what are we talking about so i want to talk about how to consume setting material that was an idea another listener of ours gave us i don't have the note in front of me but i want to throw that one out there so we'll talk about consuming setting material it's jim um, Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Jim. Yep. Yeah. Looking for my side note Jim here. Jim Fitzpatrick. That's right. He was like, hey, here. how do you guys absorb all this stuff? I know you run, Brett runs his thing, and then I run modules. How does, how do you guys consume it? So there, there's so much. 
that's kind of what he was getting at. Oh, there so can what, be, and we've talked about this in part when we talk about IP. You know, about um, you know, Forgotten Realms is, is a classic. Holy shit, the volume of stuff. Where do I even begin? You know, and you pick up something new. You, Midgard. Sean was very kind to Whoa. give to me a, a hardcover book Brett. in the world of Midgard. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I could kill a man with this book. This is a, this is a tome. Brett's going to unload that. I know he is. <laughs> That's, That's okay. On, That's on my shelf, man. I'm gonna Take it to sucker. Noble Knight, man, and get something you want. That's cool. <laughs> I won't get offended. But anyway, point is, is there, we'll talk about it. How how does Sean do it? How does Brett do it? And maybe that'll help somebody else out. So anyway, there we be. All right. Well, hey. That's another uh, episode of Gaming MBS. Uh, good night and good gaming. Oh, you took my line. I was going to steal your line. I did. I'm sad now. All right. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, wow. <laughs> good night and good gaming all. There we go. There we go. All better. All's right with the world. All right. This episode of Gaming MBS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Grand Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, Hawk Sparrow, Lost My Place, Oh My Goodness, Where Am I? I Don't Know, Where Are You? Craig, Thomas Hook, Aaron Coleman, Niall Diamond, Corey Gonzalez, Brandon Barnes, Maurice, Ron Bishop, Closet Gamer, Christopher Gray, Perry Besor, Eric Salzweedle, Mark Tasaka, Bruce Cunnington, Pure Mongrel, Laramie Wall, Chris Steele, Angus, Trevor Davis, Dan LaValle, Howard Bishop, John Hammersley, Robert Nemeth, Larry Hout, Old School DM, Sky, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Michael Dinos, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Jeff Goad, Jason Hobbs, C.W. Mellencamp, John Coward, Eileen Barnes, Roger Braslett, Wayne Humphleet, Finolf, Chad Gleiman, Merkel Froelich, Lord Tentacle, Curtis Takahashi, Joe Swick, Kevin Lovecraft, Josh Wallace, Andy Olson, and Tony Sugarloaf Baker. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingMBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.